spoke those words that there be light and it was oh and in that same breath the stars fell in line with one voice creation cries you do all things well you do all things well be
Welcome to episode number 265 of Rise Up, and I am back in the studio, back in the studio, back with all you wonderful folks. Thank you so very much for your prayers. Thank you for your messages. Thank you for your uh, shares while I was gone, your likes, your, your you know patience uh, with us being delayed getting home. We were supposed to be home in time for yesterday's show, but that didn't happen, obviously. Uh, but here we are. We're back, ladies and gentlemen, back in the studio. And I am so incredibly grateful to be home with each and every one of you here on Rise Up on this January 9th already, year of our Lord, 2024. I've been having a hard time getting used to saying 2024. But I do want to give some live shout outs here, if I can. To Bad Moon and C. Gannon and Carol and Coleman K9, Rachel Hawk, Jessica O'Brien, good to see you. W. Wilson, Eileen Jimenez, good morning. Patty, hello, good to see you, Patty. Race Mom is in the building, says, good to have you back in studio. Amen. Heidi is here, how are you? Majorva is here this morning, good morning to all of you. Moose for Trump and Sheevy. And Zucchini818, Jay Gizme, Scotty is in the building, Amanda Collins. Big shout out to our youngsters, David and Caden, who watch. Uh, little David, hopefully you're doing uh, right by your parents and your mom and your dad and your grandma and grandpa and everybody for school uh, because we know how important it is. Kelmar is in the building. My rock and savior is here. Bush Latte87 is here. By the way, I now know what a bush latte is. So you must be from the Midwest. I found out when I was in Iowa, a bush latte is just a bush light, just a beer. I didn't know that. But when you get around the land of uh, beer, which is the Midwest, you find out a lot. Um, Osborne says, welcome back. We got six inches of snow. Yeah, we had a foot and a half come up here while I was gone. So definitely. Randy from Iowa, good to see you. God bless you, man. I appreciate you being in the house. Well, folks, we got a 1,000 people watching. I titled today's show Fighting for You. Now, I told you that I would have some stories for you when I got back. I told you I would have some great, um, great things to tell you. And I think a lot of it is going to be surrounded by this topic, fighting for you, rallying around you. Now, when you were a child... Hopefully, anyway. Um, When you were a child, you had people that rallied around you, supported you, went to your games, right? Now, I know not everybody. Some of us had really bad childhoods. I did not have the rallying around me, but I know a lot of kids did. So think about this. You're a child. 
You have football games, baseball games, soccer games, dance recitals, gymnastics things, whatever it is that you are plays, and your parents and your family would rally around you, right? They would come and see you play. They might wear a shirt with your name on it. They got a bumper sticker on the back of their car that says, I love my kid, my kid's an honor student, whatever. You rally around children because children need the support. They need the encouragement. They need the push. They need the inspiration. They need to know that somebody is there for them. But it's not only children. Adults like yourself, like myself, we also need people to rally around us, behind us. Look at Donald Trump. Imagine if he would draw the crowds that Joe Biden would draw. There would be no Donald Trump 2024 because it's the people that rally behind and around him that give him the inspiration, courage, and stamina to just keep going. It's amazing when people rally around you. It's amazing when people are there for you so that you know you can count on them no matter what and you don't even have to ask them to do it. That's called rallying around you. How many of you have that in your lives today? I'd like to pull up the Rumble chat here, if I could. How many of you can honestly say, that you have people that are rallying around you in your life today like you did when you were a kid. Go ahead. Let's see what we got here. I so appreciate continued prayers from everybody. Scotty, yes, definitely. God bless you, my friend. We need to rally around America First Patriots, yes. (laughs) We need Don back in office, yes, we do. Only the whole LFA family. Well, that's outside of that bad moon, outside of the LFA family. Do you have people in your life to rally around you? I feel pretty alone most of the time, I saw somebody say. I have family, said LJNK. That's great. Um, It's hard for people like me that live alone, said Shan. I understand 100%. Mom only. Uh, Well, at least you have mom, right? Um... I have more people rallying around me now that I have the Holy Spirit in my soul. I have an awesome support group. Go Rowdies and LFA. Troy says, nope, nope. Look at all of this. Some people say they do. Some people say they don't. Well, I can tell you this. For those out there that have people that rally around them, thank God for those people daily. Pray to God for those people daily. Ask God to bless those people daily because when you have people that go out of their way to rally around you, to help lift you up, even if it means putting something on hold for them, sacrificing something that they had planned to do, that's incredible. That is a blessing from the almighty God himself. Most people do not have that, young, middle-aged, or old. So to have lifelong friends or people who rally around you, support around you, who will be there at the drop of a dime, thank and praise God for them today, folks. James Henry says, I have Yahweh. That's all I need. Well, you are right. 
It is all you need. But why do you think God and Jesus have instructed us that going to church and fellowship is such a great thing and we should do it? It's because there is support there. It's because most people have more support in their churches and their places of worship than they ever had with family. So what I'd like to do right now, Amanda says, I have you, Ryan, and Mike Crispy. That's amazing. And your great son. Let's go read the description. Let's go to prayer. And then we'll get into today's show, now that I'm back in the studio. By the way, don't forget to share and rumble. Share early. I mean, rumble early, share often. Right, Eli? Rumble early, share often. Okay. I said, who do you know that rallies around you? Do you have people in your life that will lift you up or tear you down? There is so much in this topic for us to discuss today. So please, ladies and gentlemen, as we're getting started, help me share the gospel, not gossip. And Eli, as we go to prayer, will you crank that fan up a little bit more? It's pretty hot in her. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please remove your hats. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father God in heaven, it is so wonderful to be able to rely on you to rally around us. It is so incredible that you put it on people's hearts in our churches, in our families to rally around us when we need it. Lord, we know that you use people every day to achieve your desires, your will. And Lord, today, as we come to you, praying to you humbly, thousands of people together in prayer to you right now, Lord, we ask that you place people in our lives that will rally around us, that you place people in our lives that will sacrifice their daily goals, activities to help us if we really, really need it. Lord, we pray that you put people in our lives that don't need us to ask them because we know that there are so many people full of pride still that won't even ask for help. But Lord, you know our hearts. Lord, you know our desires. Lord, you know our downfalls. Lord, you know our depressing moments. Lord, we ask that you make yourself, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, so prevalent in our lives that we feel rallied around every morning when we wake up and give you praise and thanks, that we feel rallied around every afternoon when we go back to the Bible and get our daily dose of the word to get us through the rest of the day, that you rally around us, that you put people around us that will help rally around us in the evening and make us feel supported when we lay down at night and pray to you before we close our eyes, Lord. It is so important to know that there are people out there for us. Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for fellowship. We thank you for churches and guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, let's get to the verse of the day. I would like all of you to open up your Bibles to Psalm 94. Psalm 94. And while you're opening up your Bibles to Psalm 94... 
Let me read for you from understanding the 66 books of the Bible, an overview, a 5,000-foot overview of the book of Psalms, which is the longest book in the Bible. Whenever God's people gather, whether in grief or celebration, they sing. The style of music changes, but singing remains a deeply rooted part of our heritage. From the spontaneous choir at the Red Sea in Exodus 15 to the professional choirs David assembled along the Levites, songs run through the Old Testament like a musical ribbon. And in the middle of it all, at the very heart of the Bible, is the book of Psalms, the hymn book of the people of God. Psalms, the Bible's longest book, compromises five separate collections. Book one is chapters 1 through 41. Book two is chapters 42 through 72. Book three is chapters 73 through 89. Book four is chapters 90 through 106. And book five is chapters 107 through 150. Each of these collections ends with an outburst of praise, an amen, or a hallelujah. Often, when we cannot find words to express our fears, our joys, longings, or our sorrows, we find them in the pages of this book, Psalms, as Psalms 100 exhorts us, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures all generations. And the key thought to Psalms, the book of Psalms, Israel's hymn book, teaches us to continually praise God for his greatness, goodness, and his glory. Key action, worship, sing, praise. Key prayer, in all things, let my words and thoughts honor you, Lord. May my life be a living praise to your goodness. Now let's go to Psalm 94. And we're going to go to verses 16, 17, 18, and 19. Psalm 94 Verse 16, 17, 18, and 19. Who will rise up for me against evildoers? Thank you very much. Kim Coffee Lover says, Jeremy, I want to say sorry for my judging you about your language last week. Please forgive me. The Lord has been speaking with me all week about it. Love you, brother. Kim, first of all, if I get upset when somebody calls me out in real time and I, like, chime, like, you know, chime back with something. It's just real time. But I also thank you for holding me to a standard. 
I for I forgive everybody for everything always immediately. Even if you were to smack me in my face. So I am sorry for my language and I thank you for your uh, holding me my feet to the fire. And I also thank you for your apology as well. God bless you and thank you. And thank you for the $5 donation to keep Eli here. We appreciate you. Now, 16, who will rise up against or for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would soon have settled into silence. If I say, my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. Now, even though we know we have God for when we get anxiety stricken and we get upset or fearing something, we know we have God and we can go to God for anything always and he will help us get through that time. However, comma, how great is it to have people in your lives that have a godly heart that are also helping comfort our souls? By letting us know that there is somebody in the flesh that is willing to rally and support and help us with no expectations for a return. That's the key. Somebody who will help you and then when they need help, and you couldn't help them for some reason, they don't say to you, well, remember the time I helped you? Kind of a tit for tat, keeping score. No, no, no. If you have people around you that will help you no matter what, respect you no matter what, that is a blessing. And and while the Lord is enough, the icing on the top of the cake is people in the flesh that do that for you. Now, I want to get into some storytelling. We are 24 minutes past the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please lift up your Rise Up coffee. Got my Armor of God cup here. By the way, you can get these Armor of God cups on the JeremyHerald.com LFA store. And you can get the Rise Up coffee there as well. That's another good way to help support us financially. Ladies and gentlemen, you know that my family that I have here in New Hampshire, which is my immediate family, like my mom, my brothers, and my sisters from my mom's side. My mom left Illinois in 1986. That's when I moved out here. I was seven years old. I moved back to live with my dad, which I didn't end up doing because my dad didn't want me to. So I lived with my grandmother. I moved back in 1993. So I was out here from 1986 to 1993. When I moved back there, I was just starting 
I was in my freshman year. And I was getting ready to go into my sophomore year. Jeremy, you want to plug Tim Gustafson for a second? He helped us yesterday figure out plans. He's amazing. I can't recommend him enough. We love Tim Gustafson for all your Medicare plans, definitely. So when we moved out here, it was me, my mom, my stepdad, and two sisters. I, my mom then had another baby and then another baby, another sister and another brother while I was out here. So that family has always been here while our entire rooted family of both sides is in Illinois and Iowa. Hence why I was out there this last few days. Now, my family here, for the most part, outside of my mom, cannot stand me, my wife, and my children. And the reason they can't stand us is because we are Christians. And the reason why we know this is because every time they get upset with us, they say, I don't need Jeremy or his children Bible thumping to me about effing God. Now, not all my sisters say that, but they feel that way. Now, my mom, I will say, has always really rallied around me for the most part. When I was doing music in the middle of nowhere, you know, doing shows, she would be there. So I will give my mom that credit. I will give my mom the credit for rallying around me for this network that we've built and created. However, for the everyday stuff, we don't have any rallying around us here in New Hampshire. No support. Nobody that cares about our kids. Nobody that cares about our feelings. Nobody that wants to see us do well. Nobody that's going to be there when we have a hard time because, well, you guys got God. You shouldn't need anybody else. You guys are high and mighty. That kind of a feeling. Okay? Which is okay. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'm not lashing out at them. They just need a lot of help in the way of finding the morality that Jesus taught. Now, let's go to my family in Illinois slash Iowa. They rally around me and my family like we just got to heaven for the first time. And the angels and God and Jesus and everybody there are just breaking out in celebration because we got there. That is how my family in Illinois and Iowa rally around us. They respect the fact that we love God. They respect the fact that our little daughter, uh, uh, Lily, uh, doesn't want to go back to a public school ever because she wants to be in a Christian school. That's what she said. When we go out there, it can be a one-hour notice. Now, I have a large family, and when I say I have a large family, I mean I have a large family, over 100 cousins, uncles, aunts, up the wazoo, hundreds of people all together. They, we didn't tell anybody that we were going out there because we were going out there for a specific reason, staying with my sister. Um, we weren't going out there for a family reunion, and I'll talk more about that in the days to come. But we were going out there for a specific reason. We weren't staying long. We were kind of in and out in a couple days, and that was it. But then we got delayed because of, of the weather. Do you know that in the one-hour notice that most people had that we were there, 30 to 40 people showed up where we were 
to rally around us and love us. No matter the fact that we don't live there or not, no matter the fact that, that I haven't seen them in years or not, they rally around us and our kids. And we were talking about that now they're all, they're all, they all believe in God, but none of them are practicing Christians. Hundreds, none of them are practicing Christians, right? So we went out there, and of course, you know me, you know my wife. We're all just spreading the gospel. We're preaching the gospel. And not only did they not snirk or sneer or smirk or talk behind our backs or anything like that, they were engaged in conversation and asking us questions about God. Tons of them. That is family. That's what families are supposed to do. That's what people in your lives that rally around you are supposed to do. Encouraging us to continue pushing our children in the way of God. Encouraging their families, their children, their cousins, their aunts and uncles and nephews and stuff to do the same thing that we do. And we were only there two days. And look at the, look at the rallying we had. Look at the people that got behind us. And helped propel us up while we were speaking the gospel. Talking about rise up, folks. Talking about rise up. And I forgot what that Midwest morality and hospitality feels like. I'd forgotten. Because in New England, you don't get much of that. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying you don't get much of it. Now, we were in the Quad Cities of Iowa. I'm sure most of you know where that is. Sure, Julie and Chris Green know where that is. And um, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Now I'm going to tell you an even better story. You ready for this? You guys see, wearing my Christian cross necklace. It's got Jesus on it, being crucified. My nephew... His name is Brayden, kind of very, he looks just like my son who's named Jaden. My nephew, Brayden, I heard him playing his video games, which he does a lot of, and I heard him getting upset, and he was going, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now, again, if you're not a practicing Christian, for somebody to say Jesus or OMG, it's not that big of a deal. But for me, when I hear people, Jesus, OMG, it kind of gets under my skin a little bit. So I decided to play this this way. He's in there going, Jesus, 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 upset because he's losing his game. And I said, I didn't know who you knew that. I didn't know that you knew who that was, buddy. And he goes, what's that? And I said, I didn't know you knew who Jesus was. If I knew you knew who Jesus was, we could have been talking about Jesus a long time ago. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, I just heard you saying his name a bunch of times. I figured you were praying. And he goes, no, I was, it was my, my game. And I said, oh, my bad, even though I knew it's exactly what he was doing. So I said to him, well, do you know who Jesus is? And he goes, um, didn't he like make the earth or something? And I said, well, kind of, kind of, you're right. God made the earth and Jesus 
is God's son who was there before the earth was ever made. So yeah, Jesus did make the earth in a way, 100%. And I said, but do you know what he did? And he thought for a minute with his game in his hand. And he's sitting there, look. Now, by the way, my nephew, and I'm sure his mother, my sister would tell you, his eyes are not on anything but a, but a screen constantly. Just the, way, just the way he is. His mom and dad are going through a, a separation right now. It's his comfort zone. I get it. He's just into video games, right? Can I tell you? That for 10 to 15 minutes during this conversation, and I can promise you, he did not look at his screen one time, and you couldn't have a conversation with him, a normal conversation, without him looking at a screen, um, a tablet, a phone, a video game. He would just look at it while talking to you, and you'd say, no, buddy, look at me, talk to me. Same thing I do to my kids, right, if they're, if they're you know, preoccupied with something. So I said to him, so as we started talking about God, he put down... He had, I think, his tablet. He put down his tablet. He didn't look at that thing again until we were done. Didn't even glance at it. I'm going to tell you why. I said, do you know what he did? And he goes, um, I feel like I should know this. But didn't he, like, die on a cross or something? And I said, it's exactly what he did. I said, do you know why he did it? And by the way, he's 10. And he goes, um, no. So I told him why Jesus died on a cross. I told him what Jesus did for all of us so that we could go back to heaven. So then he started asking me about heaven. And I started talking to him about heaven. Then we clearly were also talking about hell. If you're talking about heaven, you got to talk about hell. He said to me and my wife, my wife and me were sitting right there together. He said to me and my wife, How do you guys know all this? That's what he said to me, Eli. He says, how do you guys know all of this? And I said, well, we read it in the Bible, buddy. And I told him what the acronym of Bible means, basic instructions before leaving earth. And he says, well, that thing must be huge if it has all that information in it, he says. (laughs) And I said, oh, yeah, buddy, it's about that thick. Depending on which one you get, it's about that thick. And he goes, and it's got all the answers to everything in there. And I said, all the answers, buddy. All the answers. And I said, and that's when I pulled this out. And I said, you see, I I don't leave home ever without two things. I said, I never leave home without my wedding ring. Sometimes I forget it. I'm not going to say I don't. But for the most part, I never leave home without my wedding ring because I'm married to my wife. And I never leave home without my cross because I'm married to Jesus. You know what he said to me? Eli, you know what he said to me? I've always wanted one of those. That's what he said. Making me tear up thinking about it. He said, I've always wanted one of those. I said, why? He goes, I don't know. He goes, I just see people with them and I always wanted one. And I said, I'll get you one, buddy. Now, I said, I would give you this one. I said, but my wife gave me this one, and this is, like, very precious to me. But his birthday is in April. So is my son's birthday, Jaden. And I said, I'm going to get you a cross, a very special cross. And he can't wait to get it. That, to me, 
was worth the delay in getting back here a day late. That was worth it to me. He said, I can't wait to get one. So we're going to get him one very special. We're going to engrave the back of it and everything. We're going to get that to him for his birthday. Race mom says, I'm crying with you. God chick says, I knew you would. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I didn't think that that would bring that much tears to my eyes. But I was thinking about it on the way home. And I said to my wife on the plane, I said, wow, we were out there for two days, three days. We were out there for three days. And look at how receptive my family was to hearing the word of God. Look how receptive they were compared to other family members that we have. I'm just reading some of your, uh, that's why you were snowed in, Jeremy. Maybe so. God set you up 100%. Jeremy, you should witness more to children. Maybe Jesus is guiding you that way. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. Coleman K9 says, not a dry eye in the house. Yeah, I don't think so. I was so full of joy. And I said, we were there for just a few days and look at the, look at the, the difference we made. Look at how we felt we were rallied around by people. It lifted me up in my spirits. And now I have another point to share with you, if you guys don't mind. I know I'm not showing videos and reading books, but I, I, this, this whole show is about having people rally around you and help you and support lifting you up. My... Out of the mouths of babes. That's right, Chris. That's right. Now, my cousin, Jamie, whom I love dearly, who might be my closest cousin, her and I have always been like this out there. They all know that I do this. They all know that our family is Christian. They all know what we do. Trust me, that family out there that we have out there actually loves and cares what we do here. And my cousin came up to me, and I asked her where her sister was, because her sister wasn't there, my other cousin. And she says, you know, you heard that we haven't, she hasn't talked to the family in years, right? I said, yeah, I did hear that. I just figured that everything would be fixed now. And she goes, well, she said this to me. She goes, Jeremy, I believe in God, but we don't go to church like you guys do but I do believe there's a God. And she goes, I have been praying for something to happen that will bring our family back together because they're miscommun- they're, they're um, you know, kind of separated there. And she, said, uh, and she said, wouldn't you know it? She said, I've been praying. And over the last few days, she reached out to me and started talking to me again. And she said, she's going to be so upset when she finds out that you were here and I was talking to you and she didn't know you were here. I said, tell her I'm here. Tell her I'm here. She goes, I did, but she hasn't answered back. And we were leaving right away anyway. So long story short, folks, I felt like we brought God out there with us. 
I felt like we changed some people's lives or at least changed the way some people like might look at thing, things. And when you go, when I go out there and I feel that love and I feel that support and, and being rallied around and I don't feel that here, I just came home and I felt so joyful and I felt so renewed and I felt so strong and I felt like I had all the godly and heavenly stamina in the world when I started the show this morning. I could not wait to share these stories with you. I could not wait. Yes, LL Kona, I am definitely a blessed human being. Oh, I am a blessed human being. To be able to, to, be able to put my kids on hold who are here and to be able to go out there and help other people's kids. It's a blessing. I'll just say that it's a blessing. And I don't know what God has in store for me and my family. I really don't. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But what I can tell you with 100% surety is take the gospel to people who will hear it. Take the gospel to the people who are longing for it. Take the gospel to the people who are hungry for it, who will accept it, who will respect it. Now, I understand that bringing the gospel to everybody is what we should do. But what I'm saying is when you bring it to people like that, boy, does it renew your spirit. Boy, does it really kind of give you some, a, 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 a second wind to get out there and do what I did. Now, I, I got to be honest with you. Before we, we even went out there, before we even went out there, I said to my wife, I feel like God wants us to bring the gospel out there to my family. And she's, you know, of course, my wife, she's like, yeah, of course, definitely. And I said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this like, like before we left, I said, I feel like we're going out there for a different reason than we're going out there for. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I don't know. I feel like my family out there needs God just as much as my family here does. And I'm going out there with a purpose. I went out there with that purpose. I had three things that I was going out there for. And Right before we left, I said, this is the most important thing, bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ out to that family. And let me tell you something, folks. They received it. They were receptive to it. They respected it. And they love us. What more could you want? Rosebud said, Jeremy, I led my nine-year-old grandson to Christ December 17th. Same scenario, God prepares their hearts. He truly and surely does. Truly and surely does. All right, let's go to a video. Let me get my headphones here. Got a couple videos to show you today. It's good to be back in the studio, I'll tell you that. Lucille just donated 25 bucks, said for the necklace, I want to be a testimony with you that there is a God and heaven is waiting for him. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Jeremy Rosebud says, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus here on earth. 
Dane's ex says that was a divine appointment. It surely was. It surely was. C. Gannon says, I'm afraid to talk about Jesus, but when I start to get the strength, when everyone I've spoken to is so respective. Receptive. Yeah, it really does help when people are receptive, doesn't it? It's scary outside of that. I know. Not for me anymore. I actually really enjoy it, but I, 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 I was there. I remember. All right, folks, check this out. I got this video archived for you. Put it up. Roll it. I was talking to my non-Christian friend the other day, and he said to me, you know what? I can never be a Christian. I said, bro, what are you talking about? He said, I can never be a Christian. If you only knew the things that I've done, the things that I do, if there is a God, I don't deserve his love. And I said, you're right. He said, excuse me? I said, you're right. You don't deserve God's love. In fact, you deserve to be burning in hell. He said, bro, why would you say that to me? I said, here's the thing. It's not just you. It's me too. It's every single one of us. We all deserve to be burning in hell. God's love is not something that you can be deserving of. It's not something you could earn. Jesus went up on that cross fully knowing that nobody deserved it. But guess what? He did it anyway because he loves us. He loves us and he wants to know us. When he looks at you, he doesn't see some awful, broken, sinning reject that can't be touched. No, when Jesus looks at you, he sees a heart that hasn't been changed yet. So let him change it. When Jesus looks at you, he sees a heart that hasn't been changed yet. So let him change it. Honeybee just donated another $50. Get the kid a nice cross. God bless. You know what we might do? We'll get him a cross. We'll get him t-shirts. We will Jesus that kid right out, won't we? Did you hear the passion in that guy's voice who was speaking about God? Did you hear the tears welling up in his eyes and the crying that started in his throat when he was talking about God? That's how I felt. I felt so honored. I did. I felt so honored to God that he allowed me to spread the gospel to my nephew and do it in a way because I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know. He kept saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I was like, okay, I've got to say something here because that's not right. But I didn't want to accuse him of anything. I just said, oh, I didn't know you knew who Jesus was. That's amazing, I said. If I knew you knew who Jesus was, we'd have been talking a long time ago about it. He's like, what? <laughs> uh, we are. We're going we're gonna to send him the Action Bible. Amanda said, get him his first Bible. We're going to send him the Action Bible. Uh, it's not Ohio, ZBM. It's Iowa. It's Iowa. And we don't know. We've thought about it. We don't know. We don't know. Look. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't have the plans in our family's life or my personal life that I used to have. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I used to plan everything out. This is going to happen. Then this is going to happen. I'm going to go to this. Then I'm going to go to this. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. I just don't. I got to be honest with you guys. I, I'm not in control at all. Oh, Chris, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Green, Mr. Julie Green, just donated $300 from his family's hard-earned money to say, let this help. 
I'm going to tell you something about Julie and Chris. On our flight home yesterday, I was sitting on the left side of the plane in like, you know how they have one seat on one side and a smaller plane and two seats on the other side? So we were in a smaller plane and I was on the left side in a one seat. My wife was on the right side in two seats and she had a lady sitting next to her. Now, when I get on a plane, it's like a drug for me. I fall right to sleep. I fall right asleep when I get on a plane. So I was sleeping the whole time. When I woke up, I found out that the lady sitting next to my wife on the plane was a fan of Julie Green. Said, I don't know how I became a fan of Julie Green. Somebody sent it to me. I listened to this person, this person, that person, this person, this person, that person, right? And, that, and, and somehow they sent me a link to Julie Green. She says, now I share Julie's show to my 93-year-old father who is recently saved and he's going to heaven because of Julie Green's show. So I messaged Chris right away. I said, you're never going to guess what just happened. And Chris says, God is on the move. That's how God works. That's how God works. And it really is. I told you a couple weeks ago, God is bringing godly people together right now, and we don't even see it. The right people are joining up for the goodness of God. It's an incredible thing, and you don't see it unless you're looking for it. I got to tell you, you don't see it unless you're looking for it. So thank you, Chris. Thank you, Julie. I love you both. A man who does what is right and good may have many troubles, but the Lord takes him out of all of them. A man who does what is right and good may have many troubles. So that's saying, even though you do the greatest thing for God, you're still going to have many troubles. But you're either going to face them with or without God. One of the two. With or without God. You face them with God, he'll take you through all of them. You face them without God, good luck. It's that simple. And I don't know another get-to-the-point way of telling somebody that. Now, I got to tell you, that was my first time spreading the gospel to a 10-year-old outside of my children. I I Look, first of all, I didn't know if his mom was going to be upset, my sister, because they're not practicing Christians. She's more of a, she's more of a uh, agnostic, spiritual, you know, medium type person. And uh, so I didn't know if my wife or if my sister was going to be upset that I was spreading the gospel to her son. But I got to tell you, I didn't, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about it because what I was thinking about was this kid saying Jesus and the ramifications of this kid's eternity if I didn't. I wasn't worried about whether my sister got mad if I did it or not. It didn't even pop into my head. It didn't pop into my head until afterwards when I was telling her about it. And she was very receptive and smiled. Didn't even pop into my head. The devil was not allowed to try to push me away from spreading the gospel to a 10-year-old son. He was not allowed to stop me from doing God's work by making me believe, what if his mom doesn't like it? I don't care. Because I'm trying to save this child's eternity. It didn't bother me whether a parent of a child was going to get mad or not. It didn't. What bothered me was that I knew what kind of a grave mistake he was making by saying what he was saying. And I got to tell you, I feel new. I mean, I, I literally 
preached the gospel to a 10-year-old who can't take his face out of a screen for five seconds, but took his face out of a screen for 15 minutes and asked me questions about God. Folks, that is the highlight of my life. Jeremy, did you do the Rise Up show from the sister's house? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And uh, everybody in that house heard me speaking and preaching the gospel. Kristen Donovan, love all you guys. Love all you help. Get your nephew a beautiful cross. You guys, you guys are wonderful. That may be the best thing I've ever done in my life. And if it's, there's been a beautiful change in you since the weekend. Well, thank you. Thank you. And if it isn't the best thing I've ever done in my life, it feels like the best thing I've ever done in my life. I feel more satisfied by preaching the gospel to my nephew than I I think I've ever been. In a fleshly matter anyway, in a fleshly manner. Jeremy, what about a kid's LFA TV show on Saturday? There might be some great kid shows that you could carry in person. And does No, we we are talking about that. By the way, did you guys happen to see... Um, did you guys happen to see, uh, the new shows this weekend that we had on Saturday? We have a show, we have a show with a girl named Hannah Faulkner. She's 16 years old. She's Gen Z to the core and she's smarter than I could ever hope to be. What that woman is going to be an absolute rock star for Christ and for the Republican party. 16 year old girl. Now, I had, to talk, I, had to, I had to talk to her parents. I had to give permission. They had to give permission. 16-year-old girl here spreading truth, wisdom, and gospel. Saturdays. You're going to want to check it out. Hannah Faulkner, amazing. Jen says, what did your sister have to say? She was, she was happy I did it. That's all I have to say. She was happy that I did it. So it was really incredible. All right, folks, we're going to read... A couple more things here, and then we're going to take you out with some beautiful music. The hard patches. See, I think all of us are going through hard patches. I myself probably was going through a lot of hard patches before I took this little three-day excursion. And I got to tell you, folks, my outlook on everything is completely different now. Colossians 1.11. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glory, glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Being a dad is not an always an easy road. Things may move along just fine, and then out of nowhere comes a hindrance to being a good dad or a good uncle, right? And by the way, before we get ready to read the rest of this, you know what my wife said about my, my nephew? She said, that boy will follow you anywhere. And, he, and, and, it's, and it's true. He looks up to me so much because of my music you know, build the wall and stuff. He always showed that to his friends in school. He's since he was a little, 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 little tyke. And my wife looked at me and she goes, keep that up. The, the, when, when we got done spreading the gospel to him, she goes, keep doing that. Keep that up. She said, because that boy will follow you anywhere. I guess that's a good thing, especially since I'm leading him to Christ. Maybe it's because we're personally facing some of the hard patches in life. If we can recognize how our present hard patch is affecting our dadhood, then we can do what's necessary to change it. One place to start 
when we're going through a hard patch is to ask our kids to pray for us. God will hear those prayers. Well, how are you going to ask kids to pray for you if they don't know who God is? Now, I'll end you with this one. And my sister said this too. And I used to say this, but I don't anymore. Okay? A lot of parents say, I'm going to let my children choose what they want. That's great. But if you're not giving them the options and other, and other people are giving them options, they'll never go to Christ. I'm going to let my kids choose what they want in life. Great. Are you introducing the gospel to them so that they know what the truth is, so that they can make that choice? Or are you leaving it up to the world to give them the options? Because I can promise you 100 times out of 100, if you leave it up to the world to give your kids options, Jesus Christ will not be one of them. Will not be one of them. Raise your kids in the way of the gospel and the truth. If you can do that, then you are setting your kids up for success. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for joining us here on Rise Up. I'm going to leave you with some good music from Maverick City Music. Mike Crispy and Unafraid comes up next, followed by Live from America. Two hours right here back in the studio. God bless each of you. I love you. Remember, never stop spreading the gospel. It'll change your life. God bless. Oh,